to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to another exciting and I God damn it. <laughs> oh fuck. I thought I was gonna get away with that for once. Another super cool, awesome, exciting edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni and Taylor is not here. Um, he's off across the country exploring doing I don't know. What am I? He's not doing anything. He's at a wedding. <laughs> or actually, I guess the wedding was yesterday. But uh, but I'm here, and here with me is our very special guest host, Max Health, making his what fourth, fourth appearance on the yeah. show. Yeah, welcome back, guy. Hey, thank you so much for having me and all that good stuff. I know that I'm a little bit more attractive than Taylor, so you're looking at me more. So yeah, I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't stop looking in those eyes, right? They're like fountains into eternity. It doesn't help that like we're sitting across from each other. Right. Rather than side by side. So Yeah, I'm definitely used to sitting next to Taylor. Right. <laughs> um so uh, how you been? Dude, I got married last Thursday. Yeah. So that's good. About Congratulations. Thank you. I got ten ten days under my belt. So let's right go for like another at least more ten. Yeah, small goals. Small yeah, goals. Small goals. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean that that was a lot of fun. We went to <clears throat> Edmonds for a couple nights and just hung out. And then we're going to Disneyland in October for our actual honeymoon. All and right, doing all the Nightmare Before Christmas spooky, scary skeleton stuff. Yeah, it's, my wife and I did that last year. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm excited because we might go do um, not scary farm and, and cool. all that good stuff. I don't like being scared, which is weird because I'm on a horror <laughs> podcast right now, but. <laughs> Um, it's like a, it's a noise thing to me. I don't okay. like the sudden jolt. Yeah. I, get, I, had, I have sense. I got sensitive ears. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, we're going to go do that and I can handle people running up to me with, you know, being all scary and stuff. Just yell at me. <laughs> yeah. The, the sudden things. Is, yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, yeah. Like last year we went to Disneyland and we did Universal Studios, did their, uh, Halloween things. We had aspirations of trying to get Scary Farm in there too, but it just didn't happen. Um, just too much other things that we were doing. Yeah, we're we're there for six days. We've got three Disney Day tickets, and then oh wow, okay, we're so the other time like her, we, she's got family over in in California, so we're nice. gonna maybe meet up with them. You know, nobody wants to encroach on our you know our actual honeymoon, so I understand, but we might go out to dinner with somebody or or whatnot. So mm-hmm. sweet, yeah. Yeah, so uh I mean how's how's married life? Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. I mean we we've been together for six years, so it's yeah. not gonna change. Uh but uh going along with that, I mean in in a week of great news, uh I, I you know, getting a an official offer from Amazon. Yeah, that's which is awesome. Pretty man. sweet, which I've been I've I've been unemployed for a couple months, so mm-hmm. getting that news is pretty sweet and yeah, making imagine. sure that I can get out of my mom's hair. Pretty soon, since we're in one of her back rooms here, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully, ho- ho- hopefully, the next time this uh, this uh, satellite position will be somewhere else, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I won't publicly dig into your personal life too much, but you said you're doing facility management. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be doing facility management for Amazon uh, through a different company, but I'd be an I'm going to be an Amazon employee. Um, oh. So it's like so you, I'm being hired by a separate company, but okay. I'm, so you are like a contractor then. I'm not on a contract, but I am like they 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 lend people to Amazon when they manage their real estate stuff. 
Okay. So, yeah, but I'm going to be like, I have an Amazon badge, and I'm going to be doing all the Amazon benefits. Mm-hmm. So I'm an Amazonian, damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's that. It's really cool because, like, it's six or seven blocks away from the gym that I do wrestling at and all nice. that good stuff. Um, quick shout out to 321 Battle. Come out and see us <laughs> do some weirder wrestling on October. October 6th. We're like weirder, weir- weirder wrestling. Uh, we have a big thing called uh, uh, instead of Stranger Things, it's it's weirder steel. Okay. <laughs> and it's all stylized. So come out and see that. That's a lot of fun. But yeah, that's it's central to everything. So that'll be really nice. Getting, nice. getting there and all that good stuff. So all good news this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, in South Lake Union, but, you know, close enough to downtown. And I can save from experience working downtown definitely has its perks because it's a nice central location, like right. you said. And <clears throat> Right on, man. Well, congratulations on, on both fronts. Hey, thank you. Very happy for you. Um, so I, before we get too far into things, uh, thank our Patreon patrons. Um, they are giving us money. Delicious money. I know a lot of these people. Yeah, you do. Uh, and they are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, and welcoming back to the fold, Max! Hey, that's me! <laughs> Max is giving us money once again. Yeah! Now you see guys, when you give us money, you get to be a guest host on the Grave Plot Podcast. Don't, don't, don't announce that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have people, you know, beating down our doors and... Saying, I want to be a host on this podcast. And it's like, uh, no, you don't, because you don't actually listen to the show. Right. <laughs> but hey, if you're if they're going to bring money, it yeah, money, doesn't really matter if they're Money listening. is the most important part. <laughs> and if you would like to join the club, guys, and uh, contribute to our uh, finances, help us continue the show and make the show better, you can go to www.patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, we have different perks at different levels. Taylor usually does this. I usually don't pay attention to what he's saying. So Yeah, you're just bad at it. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we have our different strong suits. His is advertising. <laughs> Yours is bringing all the equipment. Right. <laughs> Mine is being the tech guy. Actually, he does our website. I pretty much just do things that are audio related. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, anything you want to talk about in particular? Anything on your mind? No. Um, I mean, your your last uh, your last episode covered the brand new It movie, so I just wanted to, to say that that movie was incredible. It was. It was. It was very very good. And Pennywise, even though even though he still looks kind of dumb. It was it was a very well well done by Bill Skarsgård. 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 But that's that's the only thing I wanted to bring up. It was I'm I'm not a horror fan, so it's weird that I'm on, you know, I'm I'm good friends with you guys. But <laughs> but oh, hey, don't don't do that. <laughs> there you go. But uh but yeah, I don't like horror films a whole bunch, mm-hmm. but when you know, this movie kind of transcended horror a little bit. I mean, a lot. Like, I think Taylor actually said on the show that like a lot of people are even saying it's not horror, which that's ridiculous. What it what a silly thing to say. It's, it's all horror. Yeah, it's horror through and through. But like you said, it does transcend. It's it's you know it's a coming of age story. It's um, uh, 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 it, it, at points it's a comedy film, and, right? But yeah, and and I think. I think this might be the next, you know, 
the the, the next iteration of having like a horror icon is, is having Bill Skarsgård as it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might we expect one more movie, but he they might drag it out. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't want this to turn. You don't want it to be it too, Electric Boogaloo, right? Well, it's like I don't want them to take a good thing and say, "Hey, this is a good thing. Let's exploit it and just fuck it up." You know, uh, you don't want you don't want a Friday the Thirteenth game, but in the same vein as it. No. I'm down. <laughs> I'll play it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe yeah. they could come up with something creative. Yes, you do. You want it to be like a carnival game, and then you're like, every time you you fail, it's it, you have to run away from it <laughs> in different forms. Yep. I hope it's not. It wouldn't just be. It would have to not just be Pennywise because that's one thing. And I don't remember if I actually said this on the show, but that was one thing that bugged me is that it emphasized that it was Pennywise, not that it was masquerading as Pennywise. Right. Um. They didn't really bring up, and I know that this is, you know, a tangent or whatnot, but they didn't really bring up, like, the spider, like, it being a spider. Well, that actually doesn't even happen until the the latter half, where, you know, when they're adults. I swear it happened in the the sewers the first time, but it... It's been a long time since I read the book, and it's been even longer since I watched the original, like the original miniseries. Right. I, I remember it being a spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like even the spider was in its like true form. Right. Its true form actually can't be viewed by its true form is the deadlights. Right. Um, and so it takes the form of Pennywise and the spider and the and the um. Uh, leper, those things, you know, werewolf, which wasn't in the movie, that still bugs me. Um, takes the form as of those things, not only to scare and and terrify the children, but to um, also, uh, I keep losing my train of thought, but because because it has to like contain its true form, right, right, <clears throat> yeah. So. But it was great. I can't wait for the next one. I'm very interested to see who they cast for all of the, you know, for all of the Losers Club. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm interested in seeing how how they they play around with the final act of the book. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll be an interesting couple years leading up to that. Yeah. Because I I would assume that we're gonna get some media bef- between this release and that release, whether it be uh, a game or something. Something's going to happen because they they want to you know it made a trillion dollars or whatnot so yeah. they want to keep it going. Yeah, I'm sure they'll probably release like you know first a Blu-ray and then a director's cut Blu-ray and then you know special edition Blu-ray. <laughs> I want to see a uh, like a side by side from the original movie and like I saw a couple of things on like Twitter and and Reddit of scenes that were reminiscent of the original. Min- mm-hmm. miniseries it'd be kind of cool to like see if they could like interweave that at all in like a special release or whatnot like this is where we took this inspiration because there's a couple of spots there yeah. and those kind of things are all are always interesting because the first movie came out 27 years ago or whatnot so yeah sure those kind of things are cool <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess we're going to get started with some horror business yes sir
All right, starting out, uh, we're going to go, or starting out with some real world horror, we're going to go down to uh, Bat- Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. In, Baton Rouge. In Louisiana. Um, which is, uh, I'm not going to Baton Rouge. I'm going to New Orleans, but I'm going to Louisiana next month. Hey, That'll be for what? Just because. Just because? Vacation. Okay. Hopefully we don't get swallowed up by a hurricane. <laughs> right. You should have waited until March or April, because then you can go to WrestleMania. Because I know that you're so interested. Yeah, that's that's actually the first thing I would have done. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, about an hour away from Louisiana, if I remember correctly, uh, is Baton Rouge. Um, and recently, the streets of Baton Rouge ran red with blood. That sounds like a tagline of a movie. <laughs> Which I'm sure it has been. Oh, probably. Um, but no, this actually happened. It was legitimately blood running through the sh- through well a street in Baton Rouge. <laughs> what happened was at the Green Oaks Funeral Home in Baton Rouge. Um, they have basically when they drain bodies of their blood and you know replace it with formaldehyde um, for for burial. Um, the the blood has to go somewhere. So it goes into a big storage tank, um, and then I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they do with it from there. Not. I'm not in that business. So. Bathe in it. <laughs> Bathe in it. Um. But uh, yeah. So they have a storage tank, and it just uh, there was a blockage in in some kind of drainage, uh, which caused it to uh, leak and overfill, and all of that blood and formaldehyde stored in that tank started spilling out into the street in front of a uh, Green Oaks uh, funeral home slash cemetery. If this isn't a movie in the next two years, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> this is, this is a, you can't write things better than this. Oh, I know. And it's like, how, how terrifying would that be? Cause apparently the re the reason this was even discovered was because somebody just happened to be walking by and they saw this blood red liquid flowing down the street um, in front of this funeral home. And apparently they actually tried to clean it up before the authorities showed up. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Right, because it's a biohazard. I'm sure that there are taxes and, and a whole bunch of red tape and stuff that they... Oh, yeah, <laughs> fines. <and laughs> yeah. All kinds of good shit. Maybe shut down by the health department. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, an, an employee... Feel, uh, an employee of the funeral home was filmed washing away the blood before the Department of Environmental 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 Services. That's what I was trying to say. Easy for you to say. Um, before they arrived, um, the funeral home said that there was a malfunction in their equipment. Um, you think? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'd say that was a pretty big fucking malfunction. <laughs> um, but uh, they didn't confirm. That the liquid contained blood, but if it's coming from a tank where they store used formaldehyde, it's coming from a funeral home. One would assume that it does, in fact, have blood in it, especially if it stinks, because blood smells. Yeah, especially when it gets old. Yeah, and you know, if it's it's a, if it's being held in a container where it's still in a liquid form, mm-hmm. ew. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, a lot of blood, even when it's fresh, just has that really sharp metallic smell to it. Right. And when it starts to age, you can add the necrotic smell to it <laughs> on top of it. 
Yeah, you couldn't pay me enough to to clean that up. Oh God, no! Like if I was the employee, I'm fuck this. Yeah, walk away. I'd love to know, like, if this employee was just like hosing it down or actually doing something proper with it, um, because like you can't just hose that off into the sewers. No, that's. I mean, they all flowed down there, but yeah. I mean, and there's a picture of it, and it's terrifying. It looks like a horror movie. I'm good with not seeing it. Yeah. Time. I mean, it, it's not like graphic, but it's just like, yeah, that's that's straight blood in a public street. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the, what, the city decided or realized that it wasn't a, a sewer issue and it was actually on the private property, so they didn't really do much about it. Um, so the funeral home uh, is under new management. And the new management failed to get a permit. Dr. Acula? <laughs> it's a perfect front. Um, nobody's going to miss any dead bodies. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they didn't have a permit to actually store or, you know, for the storage tank. Uh, okay. So. Hence, hence the hasty cleanup. Right. The attempted. <laughs> so. Gross. Gross. Very gross. <laughs> Um, let's just hope, I mean, you know, guys, if you ever see blood flowing in the streets, let's not jump to conclusions. It may just be a funeral home having problems. Absolutely. All right. Let's press on. We talked before about um, Danny McBride and uh, shit. What's the other guy's name? I can't remember. Danny McBride of comedy fame is for some reason remaking uh, or not remaking, but adding a new sequel to the original Halloween um, series or franchise, I should say. Uh, And in a strange turn of events, we're finding out that Jamie Lee Curtis, as Laurie Strode, is going to be returning for, to the franchise. Um, so this is essentially retconning like the entire series, like post Halloween two. And they actually said that this is going to be in line with the first two Halloweens. It's going to be basically ignore everything that happened from Halloween three onwards, but. It's really strange because anybody that saw Resurrection saw Laurie Strode die. Right. It It's weird that you see it a lot in like video games and other like media where they'll do like offshoots mm-hmm. and like one offs, kind of like uh, Rogue One with Star Wars. Like that was a story that was running concurrent with other things. Right. But. <clears throat> In, in horror, I, I don't I don't feel that you get that a lot where where you're getting like concurrent stories unless it was built that way. Yeah, I, and it it just it just seems from from an outsider's perspective that maybe they figure that oh well you know Jamie Lee Curtis she might not be around for much longer <laughs> theoretically you know you know maybe it's time to cash grab real quick because I've never heard of you said that Danny McBride is like a comedy dude yeah are you not okay. familiar with him i have no idea who he is he's in um 
Jersey Pineapple Express. Oh, he's that dude. Yeah. Uh, he's like in, he's the guy on the HBO show with. He's bound and down. Yeah. He's yeah, bound yeah. And down and the step principal or principal. Vice principal. Vice principal. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Okay. I do know him. Yeah. Why is he stepping into the horror arena? I don't know, honestly. Do and I don't, he, he and his partner, um, whose name, like I said, is, is, is eluding me. Taylor would know. That's why. <laughs> So I feel like the show falls apart at times uh, when he's not here because he knows names and events. I'm just the guy with the charisma. Yeah. <laughs> so so do you think that do you think that it it's going to go the way of like Get Out, where it's going to be a a good movie, whereas Jordan Michael Peele had never done horror before. Um. I think that must have been what gave them confidence. That makes sense. Um, well, if he could do it, then we can do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a big he's he's a big fan of horror, and he's been very, you know, outspoken about that. Um, David Gordon Green, that's who it is. Um, I mean, and they, like I said, yeah, they they they're both really big fans of horror, um, and how they got picked. To write these, write, or write this, I have no idea. Because, you know, let's see. Sorry, I'm just going over David and David Gordon Green's history. Because it sounds like <clears throat> it sounds like if if there was going to be another Halloween reboot or remake or continuation of if there was going to be another Halloween media property. It would have made sense to maybe bring back Rob Zombie, who everybody seems to have liked. Mm, I mean, yes and no, I guess because it would it would make sense to continue the the franchise that you're working on that line, right? Um, but at the same time, I think uh, people were split on the first Halloween, and pretty much everyone hated the second Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that a lot of people were willing to, or you're wanting um, Rob Zombie to come back, okay. um, and I don't I don't know if he necessarily wanted to either, because um, I, I thought I thought that he had a three movie deal, and then once the second one came out, they were like, "We'll fund another one of your movies instead." Something like that. that. I don't know, but. <clears throat> um, but it's weird that they're bringing back you know Jamie Lee Curtis and, and yeah. It, it, it seems because like the quote here is that, you know, you know, it's not a remake. It's actually it's going to continue the story of Michael Myers in a really grounded way. And for our mythology, we're focusing mainly in the first two movies and what that sets up and where the story can go from there. Right. So it seems like they're wanting to just kind of rewrite three through resurrection or whatnot, which which I can't say I blame them. Um you know, I I don't know that that necessarily is in tune with what John, John Carpenter really wanted. Because, you know, the original intention was for Halloween to be an anthology series. It wasn't supposed to be about Michael Myers. That's why Season of the Witch flopped. Because that was their first, you know. So the first one was about Michael Myers and who he was. The second one was the return of Michael Myers and then the third one was Season of the Witch, and that was supposed to be kind of like their sp- the starting point of their anthology series, uh, and it flopped. So for four, um, you know, the Weinstein's, they said, "Well, f- fuck, 
three went went to shit. So let's go back to Michael. Let's go back to the well and the do well Michael and Myers if, again. If it works, then it you know if it works, don't you know don't fix it. Yeah, and I, I think that was when uh, John Carpenter kind of backed away uh, and you know didn't have any involvement anymore. Um, was Resurrection the one with Ice T or Ice Cube? Because there was a Halloween with the well, one had LL Cool J. That's the one, and another one had Busta Rhymes. Yeah, so some rappers. I'm not. I'm not big into the hip hop scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of hip hop guys. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis tweeted a picture um, of her standing on the Haddonfield house or the you know the Myers house uh, porch. Um. Michael Myers standing behind her in the darkness. Spooky. Um, and she said, same porch, same clothes, same issues. Headed back to Haddonfield one last time for Halloween on 10-19-18. So we have a release date, which is good. Um, More than they can say for the Friday the 13th movie that's never going to come out. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, as much as I'd like to see another Friday the 13th movie, from what they've been putting out there in the ether like that's fine yeah i would rather never see another one and to, to deal with that kind of shit um but anyway yeah so basically yeah ret- retconning everything um post halloween 2 um which is an interesting way to take it um and i can't imagine the directors and the actors that were in those movies are gonna be too thrilled about it yeah, <clears throat> but whatever. <laughs> I'm excited because out of the uh, out of all of the slasher movies, like Michael Myers has always been kind of my favorite because mm-hmm. they were they were always more of like the cerebral ones, um, like Halloween one and Halloween two. Yeah, were always you know more uh, ambient horror rather than you know come out and grab you kind of thing. Sure. So uh, unlike like a Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street, which relied heavily on you know pop out scares and being afraid of of them you're not really afraid of you're afraid of michael myers but you're not afraid of like michael myers every single day if that makes sense yeah i follow yeah so he was i'm pumped he was definitely more animalistic in his uh kind of um like he stalks his prey before he strikes whereas especially someone like like jason he just goes for the kill right uh yeah, so this this is gonna be exciting. Um, I think. <laughs> yeah, and hey, when it releases, it's gonna be marking the 40th anniversary of the first Halloween. Yeah, or 20th, or sorry, uh, 40th anniversary of the first one and 20th of uh, uh, H2O. Yeah, which like I remember that coming out, and so I feel like an old fart now. I was six, so I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was. 12 i guess um you're old yeah <laughs> i can't even call taylor old because he's not here i mean i can call him old i can call him a dirty old grandpa man but it doesn't have the same sting because he's not here he's not here let me stop trying to talk while i'm moving this around like i'm doing right now <laughs> i'm an idiot okay um so yeah halloween next year around this time Bring money. Big excite. (laughs) It's a groovy time for a movie time. So grab your gadget. 
Okay, so um, next up, we're getting news about a new horror anthology film coming up. Um, and it's going to be a true anthology in that it's going to be directed by several um, well-known directors from the horror community. Uh, it's going to be called Nightmare Cinema. Um, it's going to focus on a series of down-on-their-luck individuals entering the decrepit Rialto Theater, only to have their deepest and darkest fears brought to life on the silver screen by the mysterious and ghostly projectionist. By the time our patrons realize the truth, escape is no longer an option. For once the, their ticket is torn, their fate is sealed at Nightmare Cinema. Kind of a dumb name. I feel like they could do better than that. Right. <laughs> that sounds like something you'd see, like... Uh, I don't know, public access. <laughs> it sounds very much like a, like a late 90s, early 2000s Disney horror film sure. that they did. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Because they did like Phantom of the Megaplex. Right. And, you know, like, ooh, spooky. Yeah. Um, these kind of things. Nightmare cinema. These, these kind of things are, are actually my favorite things in horror. Um, anthologies are, because you get a lot of different flavors um, yeah. within an hour and a half, two hours. For sure. Um, which is why I really liked Trick or Treat and, and all that good stuff. But... Yeah, I mean, and Trick or Treat was kind of a different beast because they were all directed by, all directed and written by Michael Doherty. Right. But they did, definitely did have a very different feel to them. They all felt different. It didn't <laughs> feel like it was all written by the same guy, directed by the same guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, not to just stay on the Halloween horror anthology, but also like Tales of Halloween. Um course now that i'm trying to think of so my mind completely goes blank well and others and uh, <laughs> um anyway yeah so uh looks like uh what one two three four five segments we're looking at here with uh some well-known names like i said uh directors are including uh mick garris uh joe dante alejandro brujas um who directed one of the dead. Um, and, uh, let's see. Ryuhi Kitamura, who directed Midnight. No, he didn't. What? I'm fact-checking Taylor, and he's not even here. And David Slade, who David, did David Slade. 30 Days of Night. Thank you. Um, that's a that's a wide swath of different horror films. Yeah, yeah, and all with very different feels to them, and you know, different styles. Yeah, because oh, it is Midnight Meat Train. Okay, never mind. Um, th yeah. this is so cool. I'm, I'm, I really like. I just said these kind of things are when the horror community can come together, and it doesn't even have to be the horror community when mm -hmm. any community comes together and does like an anthology project or, or anything that has like legacy and implications or whatnot. Like that's always the coolest thing. Cause you're getting, not only you're getting stories from you, you're also getting stories from your neighbor or your best friend or people who are in the same industry. So seeing these kind of things be start, like continue to come out. Like, uh, we just watched tales from the hood recently okay, yeah. and that, that had three, three sets i think was three, it three or three, three or four three or four of yeah. them and you know each story wraps up in 20 to 26 minutes those are fun because yeah. they're bite size mm -hmm. and like it's the same thing with you know um you know games that are you know that are bite size you know you can you can get in and get out in an hour rather than spending four hours or five hours in a game or whatnot sure so 
having these kind of things. This is what I'm really excited about mm-hmm. thing, things like these. And, uh, especially from people from movies that I've actually watched, uh, <laughs> like, like, like gremlins and, and one of the dead and uh, especially 30 days a night. Once again, wide swath of, of different directors. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we definitely got, you know, Mick Garris and uh, Joe Dante, who by comparison are kind of old timers. Um, and then some newer age guys like uh, Brujes, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, Kitamura and David Slade, you know, kind of the guys on the newer end of the horror spectrum or timeline, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, and the other thing I, I love about. Um, uh, anthology or horror anthology in particular is that it really in, in cinematic form captures that same essence and feeling of just sitting around a campfire and telling ghost stories. Right. It's that, and it, cause you, you get, you know, each person telling a different story or, you know, sometimes even like different people telling a different version of the same story, but you get that different voice mm-hmm. and that different way that they tell the story. It's the same thing for, for horror anthology. And that's why I don't think there is necessarily a bad horror anthology. Like, I mean, one that's like absolutely irredeemable mm-hmm. or un, un, irredeemable, unredeemable, irregardless, <laughs> irregardless. Yeah. either way, irregardless. Um, but, uh, I mean, you think of something like... Because there's always a segment that's good. Yeah. I mean, you think of something polarizing like uh, like VHS. You know, people really like it or people really hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I don't love or hate it, but I, I think the reasons I like it is exactly what I just said. It's different people telling different stories using different using their own voices and somehow connecting them all. Um, and it just makes it a, a lot of fun. It, 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 like I said, captures that ghost story, campfire ghost story feel. Right. It looks like uh, Mick Garris is kind of the the ringleader here because there is a quote here that says, "You know, I I I love being able to bring together visionaries of horror cinema from all around the world with their personal perspectives about what scares you." Um, and he, you know, that's that's what he said in, in a statement about this movie. And yeah. Seeing seeing that one of the old timers is kind of like you know rounding them up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, and I think it, it kind of makes sense to me that Mick Garris. I mean, assuming he is kind of like you said the ringleader, um, it makes sense to me because I think as far as um, jobs in the industry go, he's he seems to swing more on the producer side rather than director. Because I mean, his his actual directorial resume is very short by comparison. Um, but he has a lot of like producing credits and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And it's looking like it's going to star Mickey Rourke of all fucking people. <laughs> I wonder, I, I wonder if that means that he's going to be like the host of like, if they do like, if they do like, a here's tonight's tale of, you know, you like, know how like Simpsons like maybe do he's the projectionist. Yeah. So it, th- those kind of things, um, Actually, him being the projectionist would probably make would make the most sense. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's that's entirely possible. And hey, you wouldn't have to put makeup on him because he's right. already creepy as fuck. terrifying as all hell. He's <laughs> busted up. Um, and I think that the most the most cool part about this is that it looks like they're wanting to do a TV series in the same style of Tales from the Crypt. 
I would be on board for that, especially since Tales of the Tales from the Crypt remake has apparently tanked. <laughs> is it tanked because of politics, or is it tanked because like it's just not very good? It's it's apparently it's a, it's a licensing and rights nightmare. Right, because like the from what I from what I remember, because Tales from the Crypt was one of my favorite shows mm. as a kid. From what I remember is that the main skeleton, I don't remember his name. Cryptkeeper. Cryptkeeper. He is actually owned by someone who doesn't want to give him up. But like the name Tales from the Crypt is owned by a different entity. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so Tales from the Crypt was a um, was a comic book series in like the 40s, 50s, something right. like that. <clears throat> and um, all these tales were told by the Cryptkeeper, which was actually like a creepy old man. He was, he was like hunched over. I think he walked maybe with a cane, more like a cloak. When they started the HBO series, they changed that character and made it that skeletal figure. Um, and that's what HBO owns. HBO owns that puppet, that image. Um, and so I think TNT, who was going to make the new series, I think they had most of all the other rights, just didn't have the rights to the puppet. Um, Arguably the most important part. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if you're going to do a, a Tales from the Crypt, you have to have Crypt Keeper. Yeah, and they, I think their plan was to actually include a Crypt, crypt Keeper, but more akin to the original Crypt Keeper. Like just the older guy. old man, okay. yeah. Um, and I think that was a big part of it. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know the specifics, but I think um, just a lot of, like you said, politics. Um, I think everybody just kind of lost interest. They said maybe they're spending more money trying to get it done than they were, you know, getting back in return. So, right. Um, I mean, I was M night Shyamalan's involvement was hinky. was giving me pause, but, um, but he was like really good for like two years. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you see split? No. Split was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the ones that I, there didn't, didn't they just announce that they're doing another unbreakable movie called glass? Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a crossover. Right. Which is going to be crazy. Yeah. But but in that same vein, like, it's getting, getting, and, and if there are, if, if they are going to, you know, if it was the Tales from the Crypt, maybe this Nightmare Cinema saw what they were doing that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we can, we can do something close to that and create our own character with this projectionist. Right. Just build it from the ground up, build it from the ground up. Just, you know, kind of an homage, if, if you will, to, sure. to, and it's going to be interesting to see if this is going to be on like cable or if it's going to be like on a Netflix or if it's going to be, you know, whatnot for the TV show that they are hoping to do. Cause you can do a lot more on Netflix and Hulu or, mm-hmm. you know, all them rather than having, you know, or Amazon video, it, there's a lot more you can do rather than having to keep in within the confines of a 22 minute episode on CW or yeah. whatever. So it'll be interesting to see if it gets picked up and how far this thing goes. Cause it looks like if they're already casting, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're pretty much ready to go. Yeah. I mean, fuck, if you have the money, if you could somehow find somebody to give you money to make a movie, you can put a movie out. Like you don't need a studio to back you anymore. I'm sure much to their chagrin. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, to get a following, it helps. To get actually p- people to actually watch the movie, 
that helps. But when you've got people like Mick Garris and Joe Dante doing something, people are going to watch it anyway. Right. So, um, yeah. So this sounds like it could possibly be kind of cool. So yeah. And theoretically coming soonish. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hopefully before we die. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so MTV, you know, they really just fucked up Scream. Um, they made it a teen drama, which was mistake number one. Second, they didn't want to deal with the licensing issues of um, getting the rights to the ghost face mask, which was owned by some party supply company somewhere. Um, so they made their own. And that mask looked like it was trying to give you a blowjob. Um, did you ever see it? Not even necessarily the show, just the mask I saw itself. the mask, yeah. Yeah, it looked like it was trying to suck your dick. Right. Um, so, um, recently, they announced that for season three of Scream, um, for some reason, because I... <laughs> I, I got the impression that the season two was not well received and like viewership dropped off. I could be totally wrong about that. And I was under the impression that they were just not going to make a season three. Like I thought the show was going to get canceled, but MTV surprised us all brought it back, but they also surprised us because they're getting rid of the sex party mask as Taylor so eloquently put it. Um, and they are replacing it with a legit, Return to classic ghost face mask, uh, which is just fucking awesome. I mean, the show probably still sucks, but at least it'll have the real ghost face. <laughs> That's, you know, Scream was the first movie that I remember not being allowed to go watch. Really? In like the horror realm. Wow. For some reason. Um, because it, it seemed more grounded. Like this could actually happen. Rather than Fair like enough. a monster or whatnot, yeah. And uh, when, because I remember when the first like the first inkling of the series was was starting, it was slightly before you guys started your podcast because mm-hmm. it it came out in 2012 or 2013. You guys started late 2013, early 2014. I want to say that we even later. That this may like the show starting. It may have very well been horror business in our very first episode. I could be wrong. So, it looks like, yeah, oh my god, uh, season one of the MTV Scream um, debuted on September 1st, 2015, and, uh, sorry, June 30th, 2015, and pulled oh. in an average of 0.6, sorry, 0.76 million viewers, and the second season got 0.34, so half. Ouch. On a show that already wasn't doing very well. Yeah, this is duty cocky. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can't draw in an audience from a successful franchise, at least, you know, a, a, you know, a modest amount, like at least like 1 million viewers. And I don't know ratings. It seems to me like a million, a million viewers for a popular show seems like it should be like the baseline. But yeah, yeah if you can't even hit that mark, then. In, to, to give you like a, a general spot, like wrestling raw 
on Mondays, every Monday, pulls in at least 2.7 million people. Okay. At least. And that's on bad days. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have, you know, you have this install base of people who really, 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 really love Scream, who wanted a successful, you know, who wanted a, su- a successful show. Also, I don't get why places, like, why companies are, are releasing horror-themed things not in October. How do you mean? Like, it's Halloween. Like, everybody's, everybody, like, right around the end of August, early September, I, Avalon, my, my, my wife, <laughs> my um, wife, which is weird, still weird to say, <laughs> she'll get the inkling, hey, do you want to start watching spooky movies? I'm like, I'll watch spooky movies whenever. Sure. But yeah, sure. Absolutely. But then, like, right after Halloween, it stops. I'm like, hmm. <sighs> I, I, I get it. People are in that mood. But like the this the scream like the first season started in June. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. It is random, and and I see a lot of like a lot of horror movies that don't you know either a lot of horror horror movies come out in the summer trying to be like the summer blockbuster, and mm-hmm. outside of it, it just never happens. Yeah. So, but it it seems like this this series isn't very well well liked in the TV realm, mm-hmm. but it seems that maybe they with the original mask and making it a uh there this is only going to be a six a six episode season right maybe trying to get maybe trying to uh wrap it up a little bit you know tighter a little bit more concise yeah and you know committing to a smaller season obviously means smaller yeah i'm sure they had a smaller budget i'm sure they had a harder time getting people to commit to a full what thirteen episode season, yeah. uh, when you know they just weren't getting the returns on it that they wanted. So I think that means the six episode season I, I see as being uh, much less committal, um, and it's also taking place over a three night event in March. <laughs> um, so apparently they're going to air what two episodes a night a night yeah. over like I don't know why they bother calling those episodes. Let's just make them. Right. Just, just make them like I would much rather watch three two-ish hour movies than having to sit, you know, the breaking up of of, you know, the Scream logo and, you know, the bumpers and everything. Yeah. Like that takes people out of the out of the experience, I'm yeah. I'm sure. But and and it gives uh it gives more data points for the negative of people dropping off. Because yeah. if you have a movie that's, you know, let's say three hours long, because whenever it uh the miniseries, whenever that airs, they count it as one continuous movie rather than two different parts. Yeah. Which is smarter. Sure. Um but it looks like uh you know, it looks like they're bringing in some people that are are relatively well known in the in the horror community, as you you can probably uh, attest to. Um, well, yeah, I mean they've got uh, Kiki Palmer who was in Scream Queens, which was obviously kind of a spoof of Scream to begin with. Um, but uh, it's it's to me it's interesting they're bringing her in, um, being that she was on essentially like a comedy version of well, I should say horror comedy version of this show. Um, RJ Seiler from, I, uh, I think it's HBO show. I'm dying here. Um, or I'm dying up here, which is about stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia Wiggum from 13 reasons why, which 
is not horror, but definitely captures that teen drama aspect that Scream has right. been trying to capture. Uh, Jessica Sula from Re- Recovery Road, rapper Tyga, um, and CJ CJ Wallace and Julian Yao Gio, Gioello or Gioello, uh, whatever. Um, so Brett Matthews. Uh, from Vampire Diaries and Supernatural is being is the franchise's new showrunner, uh, and he's also executive producing uh, with uh, Queen Latifah, who's starring in this season. Oh, yeah. It it seems that maybe with the inclusion of Brett Matthews, like maybe the season has legs because everybody likes Supernatural. Yeah, it's I, not it's not necessarily a horror show, but. Supernatural has been going on since I can remember. And Vampire Diaries is a huge, huge hit. Yeah. So may, maybe with his muscle behind it, maybe it'll... It could be. I mean, you know, CW is clearly doing something right with their with their horror shows. You know, uh, Supernatural, Vampire Diaries, um, the originals. Um, then they do... iZombie. iZombie, I was... Yeah. Uh, actually, I think iZombie is in its last season right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I keep on hearing about like this is going to be they're airing the last episode yeah. sometime soonish. So, but you know, Supernatural, especially like you said, it's you know it's going into its thirteenth season. Yeah, so it's, they're doing something right. Yeah, I the when when I bring up Supernatural, so there's a and this isn't going to mean anything to anybody else, but there is a a theater in in Everett, Washington that I that is no longer there anymore. But I remember going and seeing movies as a kid and I see supernatural like posters up on the wall and I remember, Oh shit. It's been like forever. It has been forever since that's been a movie theater. And it's also been forever since supernatural has been on the air. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those like, Oh shit. I guess it has been forever. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think probably some of their fans may have not even been alive when the show started. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, season three is going to revolve around Dion Elliott, a local star running back whose tragic past comes back to haunt him at the worst time, threatening his hard-earned plans for his future and the lives of his unlo- unlikely group of friends. See, that's where they're going to lose me. This unlikely group of friends. Like, this ragtag group of exactly, people. Exactly. This motley crew. It's like, no, this that, losers club. That's not how high school operates. Like, I went to high school. It's kind of like the movies in that they have clicks. There are not just these on them, on them, random groups of people from these different social groups that all just hang out together. That's, that doesn't fucking happen. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so um, no specific date, but like I said, it's going to take place in March of 2018. So um, if you care, keep an eye out. I do not care. No, I don't really either. <laughs> All right, girls across the country can squee with delight at this news. They're bringing back Sabrina the Teenage Witch in a new series on the CW. Now, keep in mind that this is not going to be anything like this, the uh, Melissa Joan Hart series that you know and love from the 90s and, what, early 2000s? I don't know. I never watched it. Just give me Salem. That's all I want. <laughs> give give me the talking cat. Was Salem, I mean, I don't know. Was Salem an actual comic book character in like this sabrina series why would i know i don't know (laughs) i have no idea um 
but this is going to be based on the 2014 uh, Archie Comics series titled The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So I think you can gather from that title that this is going to be a much more uh, horror-driven series. With uh, It's going to dig into a lot of occult and witchcraft themes, as it should. I mean, it's a fucking story about a witch. <laughs> um, but And it's going to be on the CW. Look at... They're, ma- they're making moves. Oh, making yeah. moves. Uh, yeah, CW is definitely making horror like their thing. Horror and superheroes. Like, for sure. Yeah. It, um... It, it 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 appears you know it it looks like let's see here do 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 uh you know it's being described as in the vein of like rosemary's baby and the exorcist uh you know with sabrina wrestling to to reconcile not only her being you know half witch half mortal uh and also fighting you know evil forces that threaten her her family and also the you know the the rest of the world that inhabits you know planet earth yeah and you didn't get that at all on on you know the the kid friendly. No, that was definitely more of I think a modern age take on a modern age teenage take on Bewitched. Yeah, that it definitely felt like they were trying to trying to cash in on on something that you know it was popular, very popular. Uh, my my sisters loved that show mm-hmm. growing up. So yeah, I, my my wife, she's. But twenty eight years old, and she's still just yeah. Still just like yeah I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I don't remember watching it. But whenever an episode comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, I I I remember that. I you know I remember when it when it was in its original run. I had no idea that it was based off an Archie Comics character. Yeah, me either. Um, and I'm pretty sure Sabrina is actually a character in Riverdale. Um, which is a currently running series on CW um, based on Archie comics, but it's a much more dr- dramatic take on the comics, comics themselves. Um, you know, all the same classic characters. They even got Josie and the Pussycats in there. Right. Um, but um, yeah, this is, I have to assume going to be a spinoff of that. It's, and I, I'm, I'm sure there are probably going to be crossovers at some point. I, I, I don't know for sure, but it would make sense because it's it's there. Yeah, um, but uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa um, is writing the adaptation, um, and he is, of course, um, I forget exactly what his role is in Riverdale, but he is involved in Riverdale. So I have to imagine, yeah, they're going to create this kind of shared universe. Um, the Sabrina connected universe. <laughs> um, and you know, much to my surprise, Sabrina is, or not Sabrina, uh, Riverdale is actually doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I thought that that was just going to flop because it's like, why would you make Archie dramatic? <laughs> like, why would you make Archie a teen drama? It's, it's got a fucking character named Jughead for Christ's sake. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's apparently doing really well. So good for them. Good on CW. I mean, because I, I remember when CW first, you know, because it, it it used to be the WB. It, well, yeah, it was the WB and, and CW or and, um, and UPN. UPN. Because I, I, I remember when UPN was going down the drains because that's where SmackDown was on. Uh, right. WWF SmackDown. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, where's where's 
where's my wrestling going to go? <laughs> and then, uh, but I, I remember it, it flip flopped between like UPN and then they had like UPN for half of the day. And then it would change into the WB for the rest of the day. Kind of like how, um, VH one and comedy central did it way back in the day. Oh yeah. They had I like a flip that. flop. I hated that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch music videos. Just give me South park. Um, but it, it, I, I, I remember because CW didn't have anything going for it. And the WB had, you know, WB had, you know, the frog, which was fun. And they had, uh, you know, they were the first ones that did like the Animaniacs run, you know, back then. Well, I mean, they had, WB had Supernatural, um, Smallville, Gilmore Girls. Um, right. Fuck, what else? Felicity, right. Dawson's Creek. So yeah, they were they've yeah they they had a lot of heavy hitters and then it was kind of surprising that oh Buffy and Angel yeah so it it was kind of interesting that they just like oh well, we're we're gonna abandon the name and just go to the CW mm-hmm. and now CW is is making moves and is you know doing very well because yeah. I I consistently see those those shows on you know top tens lists of you know TV series to watch oh yeah I mean like like the Flash is huge yeah huge I uh. I mean, CW is probably my most watched network because of The Flash and Arrow um, and uh, iZombie and Supernatural. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch all those shows re- religiously. So, um, actually, not so much iZombie. I, I did watch that more religiously. I haven't lately. But anyway, um, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, CW is definitely making moves. They, they clearly know what they're doing. If it's going to uh, be spooky, far. I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if it's going to be more more drama y, I don't really care. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much this. I mean, because it says it's going to take you know have elements of horror and the occult and witchcraft. Um. So we'll see how much that's actually incorporated into it, and how how much teen drama it actually ends up being. So right. Anyway, so that's going to do it for horror business, guys. Uh, we only got four stories today. Uh, I tried to find another one, but there just wasn't anything I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Do you have anything that you want to talk about? I don't think so. I'm not I'm not well versed in the horror landscape, but fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, um I guess that's just going to move us right along into our film reviews. Okay, so we got two film reviews, uh, and I guess I failed to mention, this episode is our kids' horror episode. We're focusing on horror movies that were, you know, focused around kids, um, but also geared more towards kids, um, without being super, you know, Disney, you know, happy-go-lucky horror movies, which just, I don't know. I don't know if this is just a sign of the times, you know, Family, or not necessarily families, but uh, just parents and kids in general being more sensitive um, and, you know, being so concerned about protecting their, their the delicate, children. Yeah, their delicate feelings, you know, exposing them to the, the dangers of things like horror. And, but, you know, this these movies came from a time when people weren't as worried about stuff like that. You know, it was it was okay to make a horror movie for kids that was like, you know, legit horror with some lighthearted nature too. Yeah, yeah. When I when I got the list for for this episode, I'm like, oh, okay, because 
mon- you know, Monster Squad, which is one of the movies that we're 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 doing uh, today. You know, the name doesn't. You know, that sounds like a like a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Gate, which is the other movie that that we'll be reviewing, um, that definitely you know that definitely seems a lot more you know horrified mm-hmm. and it was the darker one of the two yeah but you know it, it, these movies definitely had more of a kid-like feel and were very there wasn't a lot of you know jump scares or or you know very dark you know undertones or whatnot so yeah. i'm i'm happy to dive into these cool all right so uh you you're the guest so which one would you like to start with let's do monster squad first all right call when you have ghosts but who do you call when you have monsters we're the monster squad what's a squad it's like miami vice i think they're young and inexperienced naughty virgin they're a bit disorganized monsters are not real we don't know that sir two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves but when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Ooh, look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? Do I see the werewolf? Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something's out there that's killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. Soon the creatures of the night show Real monsters? Midnight in the world, remember? Maybe we can be like Mass Squad and Stitch, you know? Two mass bombs. Yeah, 1035, Stitch back up! Hurry up! Squad! The book is right. Don't you see it's all true? By midnight. You guys! They won't seem so young anymore. Monster Squad. Wolfman's gone. All right. Monster Squad, 1987 film directed by Fred Decker, uh, written by Shane Black, who wrote um, Lethal Weapon um, and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's he's writing, he wrote and directed the new Predator movie that they're working on. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, Fred Decker and Shane Black together, that's why this movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's because those guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Although Decker hasn't gotten much work since this movie, I guess. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, this takes place, and, you know, I actually didn't even know this until my this most recent viewing of this movie. This actually takes place in Baton Rouge. Oh. Which makes a lot of sense because, you know, there are some parts that take place in like a plantation house. Yep. And, and a uh, swamp. And a swamp. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes like, sense now. Because yeah. it, it has a very Midwest feel, yeah. I think. You know, kind of uh, any town USA mm-hmm. feel. Um, and, you know, you kind of just put that in like the heartland of America. Right. Um, but it, no, it's definitely in the South. And mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense because of mainly because of those two things. But anyway, um, 
So uh, in Baton Rouge, there's a club, or a gang of kids that call themselves the the Monster Club. Yeah. Um, to start with, uh, and they basically just get together and, you know, as kids do, they feel like they research monsters and you know try to discover the the true nature of monsters and which ones exist and which ones don't. And that, you know, just that kind of childhood fan or uh, um, fascination with with monsters. Yeah, e- even going so far as like their time in class is being you know shown that you know they would rather be reading or writing or drawing monsters rather than dealing with science and it was really cool like are we under we're not under the spoiler territory right no this is plenty old 30 years <laughs> so it's really funny because like in the very beginning the they go to the principal's office and the principal tries to do the cool thing. You know what I think is cool? I think science is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I want to be doing. You know, just like you guys are with monsters, I'm there with science. And it was it was lighthearted and fun and definitely something that I could see, you know, an elementary school esque like, you know, teacher doing. So. Yeah. And, you know, being a, you know, preteen you know somebody of this age the same age as these kids something you could definitely relate to you know you're fucking around in class and you get you get in trouble for it and you go to the principal it's like it's like you know i i appreciate that you guys you know like your your monsters in mm-hmm. this case but it's like yeah, i really need you to pay attention in class mine was wrestling so <laughs> i totally get it <laughs> mine god what was mine probably like power rangers like yeah. superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Oh, but I guess I we should. I. There's kind of a, 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 a prologue to this. It starts a hundred years ago. Right. Um. With Abraham von Helsing or Van Helsing, uh, hunting Dracula, mm-hmm. who has been trying to. Um. Actually, they don't really say that he's been trying to do anything at this point, but. Van Helsing is just in his never-ending quest to hunt down um, Dracula. And he brings with him, I mean, along with his crew of vampire hunters, a young girl. Um, And they enter Dracula's castle in Transylvania and start this incantation. Uh, He has this girl reading some incantation in German. And this gem mounted into this cement pillar or stone pillar or whatever it is starts to light up and when it lights up a big black hole cyclone opens up and it starts to just suck in everything around it mm-hmm. um and i guess we don't really find out what the intention of it is until later in the until movie the, yeah um but the gem, by the way, like the the way that they lit it behind, like how they shot light through it, was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, um, and it wasn't something that I'd seen. I guess it's more prevalent in in eighties movies because they didn't have a lot of like extra lighting abilities at mm-hmm. that time. But it looked really cool, and it looked it like the visual spectacle of that gem, both in this time and later in the movie, both looked. That was one of the coolest practical effects that i saw yeah and yeah the the effects so i i think the three reasons this movie is so awesome it's like i said 
Fred Decker directing, mm-hmm. Shane Black wrote the movie, and Stan Winston from Terminator mm-hmm. and Jurassic Park and basically any 80s or 90s movie with amazing practical effects that you may have seen, Stan Winston and his studio was behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he designed like he designed all of the monsters and uh, all of the you know the special effects and, and uh, those that type of thing in this movie. So those those three elements of it just made this an amazing movie. That still holds up today. I mean, it's a little cornball. The acting is a little is is very eighties, yeah. very but, campy. Yeah, it, but yeah. it's keep in mind it was for children. Right. Um, but I think it was also designed to be something that parents would enjoy. Right. It seeing it with their children. It felt very much like, and this is where like my age shows like that movie for us for for my generation. It's not a horror film, but it's The Sandlot. Sure. Yeah. Everybody enjoys the Sandlot. Oh yeah. Adults, kids, all that. So I, I, you know, it felt very Sandlot-y to me, mm-hmm. where, you know, there are some jokes that you're not going to get unless you're a little bit older. But for for the most part, it's it's a movie for kids, and it's not very, you know, it's not too scary, but it's about scary things. Yeah. So, yeah, but it it had that, you know, it had that kind of after school special kind of, you know, we're gonna go home and watch Monster Squad because it's you know. It's Friday afternoon, and I just got up. You know, I just got out of school, and yeah, that's what we're going to do this evening as a family. So yeah, yeah, and so okay, so yeah, like eighteen eighty seven, um, this amulet opens up um, this uh, black hole where its intention is to it sucks in anything evil, but it doesn't seem to really differentiate between good and evil because no. everything gets sucked in. Right. <laughs> Anything that's not nailed down. Social commentary, maybe? Well, Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we jump ahead to the future, to 1987. <laughs> um, and yes, so this group of, mo- a group of kids, uh, they have their monster club. And, you know, they're kind of outcasts. They get uh, picked on. Um, by these, you know, particularly by these two bullies. Um, one of which is the older brother from Wonder Years. <laughs> you ever watched Wonder Years? No. Oh man, missing out, bud. Um, actually, probably if you didn't grow up with it, you probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those shows. He had he had to be there. <laughs> he had to be there. <laughs> um. Uh, this is when they um were introduced to the character Rudy. Um who kind of comes in as like a knight in shining armor to save fat kid. Yeah. He's the Fonz. He is the Fonz. Yeah. He's the Fonz. Um, and yeah. So this kid named Horace, they call him, they literally call Horace. him fat kid. Um, and it, it's, it's so funny to watch this movie in this day and age when there, there's so much political correctness. Oh yeah. Uh, well, but like, both these movies use the F word for gay people. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. It's like, so you, can't, you can't say that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, but it's like, like. It's like, all oh, right, this was. Yeah, this was 30, 30 years, years ago. It's crazy. But it, uh, there were uh, there were a couple things in both of these movies. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, and, and, we'll, and we'll talk about it. But in the, uh, in the other movie, they, they say Trey Uncool. I'm like, oh, that is such a late 80s yeah. bullshit term. <laughs> Don't ever <laughs> stop. Yeah. 
Oh, the hairstyles in that too, man. Oh my god, flock of seagulls haircut. Oh, yeah, yeah. like uh, uh, there's something about Mary type. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, um, yeah. So these kids are getting in trouble at their with their teachers, and um, but when uh, Rudy saves Horace or or fat kid from getting beat up by the two bullies. They kind of ask him to join in their club, mm-hmm. which d- makes no sense to me because this kid has got to be three, four years older right. than them. And, and way cooler. And way cooler. Way cooler. It's like, what the hell does he want anything to do with them? Right. Um, but he, he joins the club and he's like, he's like, so am I in the club or what? You know, they're, they're giving him like a monster right. quiz. And he's and, eager. Yeah. Like, eager to be in the club. So, but he's also eager to um, spy on what's this? Uh, what's One of the, the sisters, name? right? Yeah. yeah. The, um, shit, what's the kid's name? Patrick. Patrick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Patrick's sister um, who lives next door and likes right. to get undressed in front of her window. Also, that clubhouse is fucking sweet. Right? It's yeah. Fucking boss. Yeah. Like, Both of these movies had really cool, uh, like, tree houses. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the gate for like five minutes. Well, but. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so elsewhere, we come across these two pilots that are flying these dead bodies a- across the U.S. from wherever. Yeah. Um, and don't know why they would have agreed to such a thing, but um, you find out that I guess Dracula had come on board. Like, he wasn't already there. Right, he... He he boards the plane. Yeah, um, and he gets into a, a tussle with the pilot, and the pilot ag- ends up dropping the cargo, uh, and Dracula turns into a bat and goes flying after it. So it, this this beginning part where <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of CGI in the like in in the first like prologue area. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, in the in in the prologue. Um, those practical effects, like for the skeletons and 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 all that, mm-hmm. look really good. Yeah, really good for sure. Um, and then when they tried to do like the CGI or like the weird puppet for the bat mm-hmm. when it fell through the cargo hold place, I'm like, oh shit, it's gonna be one of those movies where <laughs> practical effects are gonna be reigning king, and the CGI is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you could even refer to it as CGI, right? But it. But you can always tell in like those older movies where something was like kind of superimposed over the image, yeah, because it has that kind of not natural look. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know claymation or right. miniatures, right? Right. You know. um, Much more so in the gate, which we'll talk about. But yeah. but there's you know though the bat for Dracula doesn't you know doesn't look very good. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Yeah, but uh, as far as eighties go, right. Um, anyway, so, yeah, and this, um, box, this huge crate strategically drops into a very well-placed swamp. Swamp, yep. (laughs) Um, and that's where, uh, actually, I guess that's later on, but, well, okay, so I'm just gonna... I need to make this concise, or I'm going to end up explaining the entire fucking movie. So, okay, um, there's also a guy, um, Sean, who's the leader of the Monster Squad. He, his dad is a cop, and he gets called, or his partner calls him from the station, saying, "There's a guy in here 
who's going crazy. Mm-hmm. And if we jump to the station, he's like saying, I'm a werewolf. You have to lock me up. And the full moon comes out and, you know, he starts losing his shit, throwing, like literally throwing people across the office. And, um, and he starts to like growl and you, know, you just, like see his, like his back starts to bubble and mm-hmm. like he starts to kind of change a little bit. And then, um, one of the cops shoots him. And so he's, you think he's dead, but later on the, in the ambulance, you can see that he starts coming back to life. And and that transformation looks way better than the first one. Yeah. Uh, you know, they do like the bubbling, you know, the bubbling of the skin. Mm-hmm. And like they kind of like, you know, they pan away and then they pan back and it's, you know, he's changed a little bit more and yeah. all that good stuff. It It's not a bad transformation because I know that you guys talk about transformations a lot mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about these kind of movies. And it, you know, it's probably middle of the road it, it looks good i think that the final product for the wolfman is not very good um the it it looks a lot more campy than i think all the other all the other creatures do a little bit um you know i actually read about that in um you know because these are all universal monsters but this was done by um tristar pictures in order to skirt any kind of legal issues, they had to basically take these monsters and redesign them. Right. Um, so they could bear no features to make sense to the universal yeah. monsters. Um, particularly, you know, Dracula, he didn't have the slicked back, you know, the very slick back hair with the widow's peak. Um, the Dracula looked almost like directly pulled from like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like if if you pulled it, yeah, yeah. like a Scooby Doo Dracula, mm-hmm. that that was the Dracula that they used. Um, th- I think I think my favorite was Swamp Thing. Like Swamp Thing looked great. Oh, the the the, the creature, gil, the Gill Man, Gill Man, whatever you wanted to call. Yeah. Him. Um, I think he 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 looked the best. Um, and the whoever played the mummy was the perfect size because he looked gaunt as all hell. Yeah, and actually I had something about that. I meant to pull it up. And they call um they call Frankenstein by they call him Frankenstein's monster and yeah. not Frankenstein, which is great. Yeah. It, it seems like they interchange, but the kids I mean, they, they, the kids they, say Frankenstein, but everybody else says Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and they, they take care to make a point of that. It's just like <clears throat> When they're giving Rudy their their monster quiz, he mm-hmm. says, uh, "Is Frankenstein the guy, or the, is Frankenstein the guy or the monster?" Right, and he's like, "The guy." Yeah. Um. Let's see. I yeah. So um. I will say that it's weird that Dracula had a car. Yeah, and where the fuck did he get that? Yeah, not only. Like I, I was thinking like, oh well, it's like a wacky races kind of, yeah, sure. kind of car. I'm like, oh, this is weird. But it, it was very strange that he was just driving around in a car. He's yeah. a, he's a, he's a, he's a bat. He can fly. Yeah, and, and he, he and he wasn't bringing anywhere any, or he, he he wasn't bringing anything anywhere. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, is he from? I mean, like, does he does he reside in Baton in the area? Right, and he just he man, he's like he's a car that he's had for years, and. You know, they make a point to say that there are no plates on it, um, but it's you know it's this very highly customized hearse with like a skull, with a skull hood, a skull ornament. hood ornament. Yeah, it was. 
just happened to be there. Yeah. It was like, oh man, it's lucky I've had this, you know, just in the garage, whatever. Um, Anyway, so back to the swamp. He opens it up and in in this giant crate uh, is Frankenstein's monster, um, who has also obviously been very drastically redesigned. Um, But he didn't look bad. No, he looked actually pretty good. And he's played by Tom Noonan, uh, who you'd know him as um, the Tooth Fairy from Manhunter or the uh, Jack the Ripper from um, uh, Last Action Hero. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, he's, he's a, he's a character actor, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so this is when all the monsters start to kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Don't really know why, because they don't appear to know each other. It's no, like, but, but, um, <clears throat> they make it a point to, to show that Dracula with his cane can like control them. I guess that's true, but they never really, um. They don't make it a point they don't, they don't to make, show it. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't really make that that, that emphasis. It's like, right? It's heavily implied that that his cane can control people. Yeah, it's like you know the guy comes back to life. He turns into a wolf man. He kills the ambulance driver, and then almost like he's yeah being beckoned, he right. comes to the woods the, into the swamp. The swamp, yeah. And that's where also a mummy that has been. <laughs> luckily, mm. luckily, this mummy was just in town in the like the Natural History Museum right. in Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge, um, and uh, also this Gill man also happened to be living in the same swamp. In that swamp, yeah. <laughs> You'd be great at CinemaSins. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they all come together, and um, it, it actually takes a while for you to find out what Dracula's goal is, right? Like why he brought all these monsters together, what he's trying to achieve, and you do find out that in the in the plantation house that I mentioned before, which is where they've been kind of this kind of like their base of operations. Can I make a note real quick? Sure. That that plantation house looks a lot like the plantation house in Skeleton Key, <laughs> which I need you guys to review. We're not fucking doing Skeleton Key, <laughs> but like you got you, you kind of have to. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> but it does. It does look like that that house. Yeah. But it's a plantation house, so they all kind of look yeah. big and ominous. That's a, that was like a big thing for me uh, going to Louisiana next month. It's like you're trying to plan out what we're doing, like you know, what events we want to do while we're down there. My wife's like, well, what do you want to do? Can, or you know, say, can we do this? Do you want to do that? And it's like. I don't care. Go ahead. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to enjoy the trip. I don't care what we do. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I do want to do is go see some plantation houses. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, because they're big and spooky. They're big, spooky, and I just, I, I love how they look. Yeah, I love the look of plantation houses. Like if I could build one and live one in one, I, I would be just eternally happy. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, you know, they're. Uh, Stigma, notwithstanding. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, anyway, and that, that, that's another reason why, like, I love the haunted mansion at Disneyland. Yeah, just oh yeah, it's it's my favorite ride. Yeah. period, just because of the the theme, but the way it looks from the outside is just incredible. Anyway, um, so, uh, but we come to find out that uh, Dracula's goal is to uh, find this amulet and destroy it. Because 
the the oh the creepy German guy can't leave him out. He's their he's the kid's neighbor who lives in this dilapidated old house and just kind of stares at them from out the window. Yeah, and they think that he might be some kind of monster. Right. Turns out he's just this really nice old guy. So uh, he's played by Leonardo Simini, and he was uh, like a TV actor for mo- for most of his life. Um. This is actually what kind of like makes it for me. I, I really like him in movies and TV shows. He was in uh, uh, one of my favorite episodes of um, Law and Order back in like early 2000s. He, he's, he's just really soft spoken all the time. And they uh, in that in that same scene, they talk about, oh, well, like we thought we thought that you may be in, been a monster. And then he says, I'm not a monster. I just know about them. And then when he goes and shuts the door, he has one of the Jewish tattoos for, uh, for when he was in a concentration camp. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit. That's something that children are not going to get. No, not at all. And it was something that I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that, that was like a hard hitting sentence. And I'm like, Oh wow. That's, that's really well done and well placed in this movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, it's not dwelled on. No, no, it's just an offhand topic yeah. or offhand comment. But it's, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, they go to because they have Van Helsing's diary that just so happened to be at this garage sale that Sean's mom found, right. uh, and he brings she brings it home to him because Who's kind of a bitch, a little bit. I don't I don't like her. She's dead. R.I.P. One love. Yeah, I don't remember her name, so it's you know. Not as much love, but <laughs> I feel like I should know her name. No, but like, I don't care what, what her, like what it's, it, it's kind of shown that, uh, that Sean's parents are having marital problems. Yes. And, but it's, it's mostly like stemming from him being a cop. I'm like, and he, and he, and he even says it like, you knew this when you bought the package. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a cop. I, I'm out late. All the time. Yeah. Anybody who's married knows that would never fly. You, you can't say, oh, well, you knew about this when you married me. Right. No. But, <laughs> but in, but in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, but like, like he's the one, cause it doesn't like, it's not shown that she has a job. So like, he's the one paying for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> now that I'm married, maybe, maybe it's a little bit different. Yeah. There are just certain things you can't say. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can say them. Just you don't want, want to be married for very long. Yeah, just to find out where that will where it'll go. But yeah. you know, <laughs> I like po- I like poking the bear a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, in Van Helsing's diary, which happens to be written in German, the kids have the creepy German guy read it for them, and they find out that this amulet um, that uh, Dracula is looking for uh, keeps the powers of good and evil in balance because it is such a strong element of good that its existence keeps the evil in check. Um, It also has the ability to open a portal to, uh, I guess it's not really specific, is it? It opens a portal to hell or something? No. Um, Well, elsewhere. (laughs) Um, and uh, it, that's what we find out. It actually sucks in anything evil 
um, and transports it to another dimension or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what Dracula's looking for. Right. And it just so happens he finds it in this plantation house, apparently put there by one of Van Helsing's people. Right. um, Mm -hmm. Planted behind a wall in like this dungeon area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it, like this hidden room that's been just walled off. It's like surrounded in crosses and just to know like right. if Dracula ever finds us, he's not getting to it. Right. Um, all yeah. the, all, all the while there's like this, this subplot, um, of, of Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster befriending the monster squad. Yeah. And um, yeah, you find out that yeah, his, the Frankenstein's monster isn't is not truly the, evil, right? Right, and and he wasn't, yeah, like from the Mary Shelley and all that good stuff. Like he's he's just an undead guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's a he's a killer for to be certain, right? But um, it's it's mainly because he's so misunderstood. Yeah, you know, he's essentially an infant, and you know when when um. Victor Frankenstein just bailed on him at, you know, at the moment of his birth, he basically had to learn how to be human on his own. And he just didn't do a very good job at it. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I'm sorry. Frankenstein's one of those books that I've read several times. So I could just talk and talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, but like, so it's like this, uh, the subplot is, is that he, he befriends the monster squad. He befriends the little girl. Yeah. Phoebe, Phoebe, the most mm-hmm. and um you know there's iconic like scenes in in other horror movies horror for kids movies where you know uh, a monster is holding a kid or whatnot and i i felt like that like her holding on to his big finger that's that's pretty iconic mm-hmm. like that's that's cute and yeah. and that's cute in a Aww, way yeah. and not as like kind of ham-fisted or whatnot and you know when the monster actually f- first meets Phoebe, it's very reminiscent of the scene from the Karloff Frankenstein right. when he meets the little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the Monster Squad, they find out where um, Dracula's hiding out and they go there and they actually recover the, the amulet and try to take off with it, but Dracula, he's right on their asses like he's not far behind this takes it out into the city hall or city square basically like the middle of town and that's when the all the shit goes down yep all the monsters and all the monster squad kind of congregate in the middle of the town and just doing battle between good and evil basically all the while <laughs> trying to get Patrick's sister to unlock the amulet the thing is she and they picked her because she's a virgin. They, they needed a virgin, and they needed somebody who could speak German. Right. Um, she takes German in high school, but she's failing. She's flunking. And um, so when she finally gets through the incantation, her okay. and Patrick and creepy German guy, they're just like, "All right, so where's the where's the abyss?" Right. And. Um, Come to find out, Patrick's sister is not actually a virgin. Steve doesn't count. Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> it's like doesn't count. Yeah. So then they they turn around to Phoebe, 
and obviously Phoebe is, uh, you know, one would hope. One would hope. Um, if if she was not, if like if they did it and the incantation didn't work, I'd be taking a serious look at their father. Much darker movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, Things took a turn. Uh, yeah. So so Phoebe, uh, you know, re- recites the incantation and the you know the portal appears and and all that good stuff and uh uh actually one of the cooler scenes that we kind of missed when they're driving to the city the city hall um rudy like attaches the mummy's uh like open strap wrap yeah yeah to to an arrow and then shoots it and then as they're driving he's slowly unraveled Mm -hmm. and then it roll you know the final scene for the mummy is that you know they roll. You know they're they're driving away, and his skull just kind of rolls. Yeah. Like that was a that was a that was a cool that was a cool little minute and a half of of, of film. Yeah, where it seems so simple, and it's it's one of the most cliche things for any you know Scooby so Doo did it and yeah. everything, but it, but it looked good, and uh, it was weird that there was not a body. Yeah, he's just. He's just a skull. That yeah. was kind of weird, but uh, but otherwise, like on on their way to the you know on on their way to the city hall, they they have a mini fight with with the mummy, which was you know a pretty cool, yeah, pretty cool little little bit. The mummy was a very uh, non effectual, or not not non effectual. It just it wasn't an important character. No, no. But the the who like I said, whoever they had play him had. Yeah, and actually, I found uh, so you found what, what you I was looking say? for. Um, let's see. Uh, damn it! Where is it? There we go. Um, so apparently, they put out or they they were talking this this article. They did an interview with the guy who played the mummy. Um, it says uh, he said, "I've always been super skinny," um, and one fateful day. A friend pointed out an unusual casting advertisement in Variety. It said, looking for extremely thin actor on the verge of anorexia. Um, He headed straight for the studio, and after showing off some creepy gestures, he won the part of the mummy. Yeah. So they were just strictly looking for somebody who was just sickly skinny. (laughs) Yeah, super gaunt. Yeah, he... Yeah, that 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 was a great casting. Even though you don't like see his face, he moved really well. Like mm-hmm. he he moved kind of creepily, and he didn't do the stupid mummy, nah, yeah. you know. But he did do the you know the leg drag, and you know it was it was a good mummy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mummy's kind of a one dimensional character, right? I guess, so it's didn't have any lines. Yeah, you so. you either do, you either do it well or bad, right? <laughs> So so this this abyss appears and and there you know, um, Dracula brings with him three As brides of hell, brides of hell or whatever. Yeah. So they they get killed by spikes and stuff. Yeah. And as as he's uh, as Dracula is kind of like being pulled away into it, he comes and grabs uh, Pat, uh, Sean and his dad. And like tries to grab them in, and then is it is it Frankenstein that stops it? Stops uh, stops Dracula from from like taking them into the abyss. Well, yeah. So Dracula he comes comes into town, like you said, and um, Phoebe has the amulet because she's doing the incantation, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so he goes and picks up Phoebe by the by the head. <laughs> 
like picks grabs her by the jaw and picks her up. Yeah. It's like you dislocate that child's neck. Right. You kill her or paralyze her or something, but picks her up. <laughs> he says, "Give me that amulet, you little bitch." <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. <laughs> Easy. Just a little girl. Easy there. <laughs> let's, let's bring it back. Um, and then yeah, Frankenstein's monster comes up, Thompson, and yeah, grabs him by the neck and throws him onto the spike yeah. behind him, and that's where you think that that everything is done. Mm-hmm. But uh, while like the the last like four minutes or whatnot of the abyss is like closing everything, he comes and flies and grabs uh, Sean and his dad as they're pulling away, and Sean is able to uh, stab him with a stake. Yeah. And then Van Helsing pops up. Yeah, Van Helsing pops up and kind of like grabs him, and then they they float, you know, they fly into the abyss and everything. And then the abyss, um, the t- the touching scene with Frankenstein, you know, don't go, don't go, yeah. and Phoebe, and so that was heart wrenching. Yeah. But <laughs> it's so sad. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah. Damn um, then uh, <laughs> oh, and the Wolf Man. So they made it a point throughout the movie to say that, like one of the things, one of the questions they asked Rudy when he was taking his monster quiz was, "What are the two ways you can kill a vampire, or kill a werewolf?" And he says, "Silver bullet." And they're like, "What else?" He's like, "Silver bullet. That's it." Yeah. And they're like, "No." Yeah. And then he like, asks, "Yeah, he's like, what else do you do?" And there's you hit him with the car, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. all these practical things yeah. that kill anyone. But um, but they make it a point that that the Wolfman knows that he's out of control, yeah. and wants to either be dead or to be put away. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he's a very sympathetic character when right. he's human, right? So because he actually tries to tell Sean's dad that Dracula is after right Sean, right? Um, and then he turns right and then so when rudy you know because rudy rudy steals sean's mom's silver silverware mm-hmm. and makes a bullet in class in class in class it's like what where was the teacher right. this kid's fucking sm- uh, melting down silver and molding it into, in, bullets. into bullets yeah it's like what the teacher would be like what are you doing right this isn't good even, <laughs> even 1987 yeah, it's like no, no no you can't do that here <laughs> so so he, you know, he he grabs one of the policeman's revolvers and 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 shoots, uh, shoots the, the Wolfman. And when the Wolfman like is on the ground bleeding to death, he's like, "Thank you," and then he dies. Yeah, uh, very sympathetic character, very under understanding of his position. Yeah, and it's just like I like that they made a point throughout the movie that he can't be killed by any other means. Right, like, right, because he gets Sean's blown dad up. gets blow, blows him up with a stick of dynamite, right. and he he just reassembles and right. comes back to life. That was a that was a good scene cuz yeah. like it was there was enough practical, you know, pr- practical effects there and everything and mm-hmm. you know he's kind of like pulling himself back together kind of thing. It yeah. was, you know, that was fun. Yeah. Um and so yeah, like uh, you know, all the evil gets sucked into the abyss and it closes up and everybody's you know back to being happy yeah. go lucky, I guess. Yeah. Even like even Sean's dad, which I thought was weird, because his partner just got blown up in their car. Yeah, <laughs> he's dead now. Yeah, he's dead, dead. Um, which was something that, like, when, you, when like a graphic death like that, well, graphic by means, not necessarily at, like on screen. Right. Um, it seemed out of place in a movie like this to just yeah. blow somebody up in a car. Yeah, like. <laughs> I understand doing it to the Wolfman because he's not a person. Mm-hmm. 
there's like a disassociative thing that you can do that do with that. But like blowing up a person, and you can like you can clearly see like a model in the car when it when it explodes. Yeah, yeah. So you know it's clearly a person. Yeah, and it's it's weird, uh, but. Yeah, and then the uh, the army shows up just in time because oh, uh, um, what's that kid, kid's name? Eugene. Eugene. Yeah. Yeah, the little kid who just kind of tags along with the rest of the crew. He wrote a letter saying, uh, "Dear army guys, there are monsters. monsters. Please come." Yeah. So then they appear. And then they came. <laughs> what in the Sam Hill is happening here? Yeah, it's like where are the monsters? It's like, Wait, you guys knew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it it. It's really funny because, you know, obviously the movie name, the movie title is a double entendre because not only is the Monster Squad the name of the club, but also, you know, there was a squad of monsters. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) Very clever. Uh, And, you know, it it was it was a fun, fun movie. The um, the the final act with like the final battle at at the at the uh, city hall didn't take forever like mm-hmm. some movies drag everything out so it was it's like an hour and hour and 22 minutes or whatnot yeah something like very that, yeah. very you know very short very fun very campy um you know there are obviously parts where parts where the cgi is not the best but that's you know that's to be understood the, yeah. pra- the practical effects are very good like i said the uh the the skeletons and the undead and the epilogue looked really good um, all the creatures looked pretty good. I had a problem with the final, like the final form of Wolfman, uh, but because of the way that they had to restructure Wolfman, that makes sense. Yeah, and like I think uh, I don't know if it was Stan Winston or just somebody that worked in special effects on that movie um, commented saying that the the face that they made um, for Wolfman was much more. Um, uh, they refer to it as looping, or mm-hmm, right. so much more wolf looking rather than wolf man looking. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. I always thought the face looked a little off. off. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, that's Monster Squad guys, um, and you know, uh, it's, it's hard to rate this one because there's so much nostalgia, at least for me, attached to it. Yeah. Um, But I mean, it's it's a solid movie. It's it's a lot of fun, and I, I I'm I look forward to when I have kids that are old enough, like to watch this Show with that movie. them. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I think I'll give it a seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't have the nostalgia pull to to it, and uh, when I was asked to be on the podcast, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm getting ready for some horror movies <laughs> and then i'm like oh these are not horror movies so so i so i got myself See, that, all that was the thing about this because it's like you know usually when i need to fill in for taylor i'll just ask my dad right you know he's nearby and right. he's willing to do it but it's like i wanted somebody who had that same connection to these movies that i did <laughs> and it's like you know i can go to max but he's you know he's a little younger so maybe he won't have that connection you know i had other friends that could potentially ask but they're not like super like horror guys right so yeah but yeah um you know i'll i'll you know i don't have the i don't have the nostalgia and uh one point of what one point of my total points goes to leonardo simini like he's this is why, like, I'm I'm going to give it like a five point five or a six because not a horror film, obviously. Mm. You no, know, it's horror film, uh, quote, quotation marks. Um, and I don't have the nostalgia pull. And 
I, I I liked it enough that I'll I'd I'd watch it again. Yeah. Um, especially if like nobody, you know, if if we have somebody who doesn't like horror films over, uh, but they want to watch a m- monster movie or whatnot, like yeah. it's a it's a good movie. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not incredible. It's, yeah. But it's you know it it's good. So I'll give it a six. Cool. All right. Well, next up is another 1987 another 1987 film Uh, I believe it's Canadian it is Canadian yeah a lot of Canadians in it so that would make sense Um, but this one is called The Gate there is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine a gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs Someone has opened the gate. There's this weird tearing sound there. It's the decomposed corpse of her dead father. Oh no. He's tearing out hair by the hands. I'm calling the police. You got demons. So, like I said, another 1987 film um, directed by Tibor Tagat Takax Takax Takax. That's not a that's not a name that rolls off the tongue. Um, starring Stephen Dorff, who if you've seen Blade, he played Frost. You know that really gravelly voice asshole guy. Um, he was like the main crazy, guy. yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's just a little little guy in this one, a teeny right. tiny little boy. I'm little Stephen Dorff, and this was his first film. Um, so I am admittedly not as familiar with this one as Monster Squad. I mean, I've seen it, um, but this isn't like part of my childhood as much as Ma- uh, Monster Squad was. Um, so I'm not going to be as well versed in it. Gung ho. Yeah. Um, but so the movie starts out, um, with, uh, Stephen Dorff, who plays, uh, Glenn. Um, he comes home and his house is just empty. And, um, he, for some reason, goes out in the back and climbs up into his tree house. Um, and, it's 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 a kind of a really spooky environment. Like there's a lot of wind blowing, mm-hmm. and you know the weather's mm-hmm. not 
you know, just, I think maybe lightning going off in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he climbs up into his treehouse for some reason, and then lightning hits the treehouse and it collapses. Um, and that's when he wakes up to find that there are actually construction workers in the backyard right. knocking down the tree. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't think that I don't think they really make a point to say why. I have a lot of questions from this movie. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of unanswered things that they yeah. just kind of... They just like, kind of like glide over. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, well, this happened. Deal with it. Right. <laughs> we have, we have to have a hole for the gate. So yeah. this is how it happens. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway. So the tree comes down and I think when they, they got pulled up with the roots, um, there's like a big like a big geode. Right. Um, and so Glenn's friend, Terry comes over and they, um, work on getting this thing like open cracked open. Um, and yeah. So, you know, I was watching this and thinking his story doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's gonna be hard to talk about. And now, like now that I'm actually talking about it, it's making even less sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Glenn's parents are leaving town, um, and you know, one thing I noticed about this movie is the kids are actually better actors than the adults. Yeah, like I don't know if that was done on purpose or what, but like his parents are his parents in particular are very bad actors. Very, very kind of. Bleh. Yeah, it's <laughs> like we hired you for a day's work like here's your $50 now go home right <laughs> um so yeah they're leaving his parents are leaving town for a few days and they're leaving his older sister uh Al in play uh you know to to watch after him um so and you know they leave and while so they, they god damn it they tell Glenn that he's grounded but for some reason, he's allowed to have Terry over. Or no, I guess he no. was. He just he just came over. Yeah, even even though he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, so it's it, it's kind of shown that like Glenn has a thing for rockets, and yeah. he was irresponsible with a rocket, and that's why he's grounded because mm-hmm. he burnt the that's roof or right. something. So, and they 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 make it a point to to say that you know he's he's not to have friends over or whatnot. And so, um. <clears throat> So they go off and, and everything, and uh, Terry comes over because oh, because as a consolation for the party right. that Al throws, Al is a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, he's allowed to have Terry over. So, and I'm going to say it right now, Glenn is a whiny bitch. He says that they should call mom and dad like 20 times during the movie. Yeah. Um, and it's like just be cool, man. Just be cool. <laughs> Hang out. So Terry. Um, he has like he's the greaser rough guy. He's a, he's a metalhead. Yeah, he's a metalhead, and uh, so he's he listens to this band who's you know his dad picked up the record from Europe. Yeah, and they're all singing about you know dark stuff and everything. So yeah, that's the first night that that's not, that anything happens, mm-hmm. and um. So so the party the party's going and there's like this 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 girl there and says, you know, I I believe in all this, you know, you know, crazy stuff. And so 
they were they were going to levitate one of the party goers, and then Glenn and Terry like wanted to walk upstairs, but they're like, "Oh, we'll do it to Glenn." So they levitate him, yeah. obviously, and then he falls and breaks a lamp and a light and everything, and and he runs off crying like a little bitch, like a little bitch, <laughs> and so in so the that night. Uh, after everybody's kind of gone home and everything, um, Terry wakes up and goes down, uh, goes to the bathroom and then goes downstairs where he sees his dead mom and yeah. hugs and everything. But in reality, he's actually hugging Angus, who is Al and Glenn's dog, who is dead. Yeah, he's a former dog. He's a former dog. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just, uh, so Terry's mom is dead. She died in a house fire, I think it was. Um, and it cracks me up. <laughs> Earlier in the movie, Glenn's dad, or like Glenn's talking to his dad, and he says, Oh, well, uh, Terry says that, you know, when they were building our house, that one of the construction workers died. And to cover it up, the other construction workers hit him in one of the hall or in the walls in the house. And his dad's like, Look, son, ever since Terry's mom died, He's been a little weird. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, come on. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> it's like he's having a hard time. Yeah, dude. He's like seven. Yeah. <laughs> give him a give, give him a little bit of rope. <laughs> yeah. But um Okay, so, so yeah, the, the Dead Dog. The dead yeah, there's the dead dog. Uh Okay, so yeah, there's this this metal album, or this, they they opened up the geo during the party, by the right, way. Right, right. Um, and in doing so, like one of those uh, little magnetic pads, yeah, the ride on it, you know, and you can lift up the cellophane and it'll erase what you wrote. It rolls onto that and it presses this incantation into mm-hmm. it, and so of course they recite it. They recite it. When don't you recite? Whatever is Latin right. incantations. <laughs> um, and uh, when Terry's at home, he just so happens to realize that he's looking through like the, the insert with this metal album that his dad brought him. Um, and he's noticing a lot of the same symbols mm-hmm. and, and, and wordings and stuff. Um, and so he brings the metal album over to Glenn. It kind of shows him what's going on. And apparently, um, basically, the the hole the hole that's underneath the old tree is a gateway to hell, essentially. Um, and by reciting the incantation, and I think breaking open the geode had something to do with it. And, and then I, the dog dying being a sacrifice. You're right. Um, that just kind of completes the... Sp- Right. ceremony or whatever and um that's when things start to go sideways right and that i kept the timer because about 35 minutes and nothing had happened in the movie mm-hmm. nothing i'm like hmm, i wonder i wonder when this is like when stuff is gonna happen so about 10 minutes later about 45 minutes in like stuff starts to happen and there's only 30 minutes left mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm like okay well uh and so they they uh, they they go down and they you know they they open the geode at the you know during the during the party and af- this was before the levit or after the levitation and like it's all smoky and all that good stuff hey oh, hey we could sell this for a hundred bucks because you know this is a big big geode yeah big one so 
um, instead of uh, instead of going to the beach uh, with her friends, Al comes home and has uh, has a gift for for Glenn, uh, kind of to make up for having you know the night before or the couple nights before, and it's a rocket, and so they you know they 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 set it off and everything, and what one of her friends is tasked to to do is to get rid of Angus. Yeah. Um, cause they were going to go shopping. So Angus ends up, I think it's implied that he throws it in the hole. Yeah. Cause like they talk about how the sat, like how the dead body has to be in the hole, but they never like he's ever seen there or whatnot. So that, so after, after the rocket part or after they set off the rocket, that night is when all, all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think, I think I think I put down in my notes that uh, that Angus um, Angus is godfathered into Glenn's room, where you know, in, <laughs> you know, instead of the dead horse, it's 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 Angus that is in the is in the uh, is in the bed. Yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of a good scene too. Yeah, it's like like uh, Al's in there trying to find Glenn, and Glenn's you know gone or whatever, and so Al leans across the bed because. Terry's sleeping next to Glenn's bed on the floor and she's like, Terry, wake up. And like Terry kind of rolls over. Uh, and then Glenn or Glenn was with her, I think. Glenn was with her. Yeah. And then Terry walks behind behind them. Yeah, coming like from the bathroom, bathroom or, or something. Yeah. And then they open up the, you know, they un- unsheath the 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 blankets and it's Angus. Yeah. And they all, you know, flip out and everything. Ooh. Ah. So at it was that like Scooby Doo moment, like they're right. just kind of like pedaling in the air, right? And that was, <laughs> and, and so they they, it, it's not it's not shown what happens to the dog, but later later that night, um, the glass breaks, like uh, in in his room, because a big thing, a big thing with this with this um, with this movie is the bugs in the jar, like they they go back to that like ten times. Yeah, the moths, the moths, and yeah. in, in, in the jar. And so, and it was actually a really cool like visual effect. Is they they put they put the moth next to the window, the jar. So when light hits it, it looks like there's giant moths everywhere on the wall. Mm-hmm. So during during this evening of hell and hecticness and uh, and all that good stuff, um, the uh, you know the the his window breaks. So he goes and grabs Al and everything, and they're you know oh you know what happened? You know, we'll say that a Frisbee did it or whatnot. And after that, they go down because now they're now, now they're now they're aware because he, uh, Al has her, the, the Lee sisters over and they're doing a slumber party or whatnot. And they were going to go, Oh, downstairs to the basement. Right. Yeah. To do, to do whatever. And was that, and what I thought was really cool in that basement part was that they shined a light on one of their photos and it was the family dead on the stairwell. Yeah. But Glenn was still alive. I'm like, Oh, that's a, that's a really cool. That's a really cool spot. Cause it, it's, I like shape shifting photos and all that. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they're down in the, uh, they're, they're down in the, uh, and the Lee sisters don't believe that anything's happening. They're 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 skeptics, right? And uh, so they they end up going out to the hole uh, to 
to finish this, you know, incantation because by this time Al believes everything, right. every, everything that's going on. So her, Terry, and Glenn go out to the hole, and Terry is kind of like nonchalantly reciting it and ends up falling down the hole. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think you you see them a couple of times, but but you really see them when he falls down the hole. These little demon the minions minion looking things, which are probably the best practical effect in the movie yeah and i think it's a lot of use of um uh superimposing because i'm pretty sure they were guys in suits oh absolutely yeah but, uh, those guys <laughs> i mean they look silly they look like um they look like like anthropomorph- anthropomorphic um like rhinos almost yeah um but they blink and that and that was like an attention to detail that was creepy because mm-hmm. they blink they blink sideways they don't oh, blink. Yeah, yeah. They, it's the men in black thing where he, he's blinking sideways. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so they're, you know, they're, they're blinking sideways and the, the models for them are really cool. Yeah. Like those little tiny things. And they're creepy. Yeah. They're teeny, teeny, tiny little, like probably up to your, maybe your shin. And they're just creepy looking. It's just, it, they're creepy looking, but, like it's hard to take them seriously because they would just like walk around and like they wouldn't really do anything like evil, just annoying. Um, like well, they they like bite you they, and stuff. Yeah, they yeah they bit Terry. <laughs> um, but <laughs> like I think they were like growling or grumbling or something. But a lot of times when they did it, it sounded like they're going, "Hey, hey, yeah, hey, 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 hey. yeah." <laughs> it's sorry. It's just <laughs> yeah. So 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 they do end up getting Terry pulled out. Um, of the uh, of the of the hole of the gate, um, and they run back. They all run back into the in, into the house, and then they go into the basement. Mm-hmm. And that is where Terry is pulled in to the wall with from the dead guy, <laughs> right? The guy that he like the the, the dead construction that worker that he completely fabricated. Yeah. In, emerges from the wall yeah and pull and pulls him into the wall so now it's you know it's glenn glenn and al have to you know have to you know save the you know save the world and everything Mm -hmm. and uh so they're they're in this house that's becoming more and more dilapidated the lee sisters just are hiding like for the rest of the for the rest of the act until the very end yeah um and the the really the so they're they're going around and everything and and this big hole opens up in in the living room and you kind of see the big baddie the the big the big demon yeah which is basically just like a giant version of a minion right um with some extra arms extra arms and it it does kind of look like the picture that was in the book that they were reading the, the yeah, yeah yeah the thing so uh you know he, they he was going to go get uh, dad, uh, dad's rifle. So when he was going and getting the rifle, um, you see Terry, but he's like, he's kind of disheveled looking and kind of like sweaty, but he bites. Um, he bites, uh, he bites Glenn and he kind of looks like a, like a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Al, like Al comes to help him. But at the same time, the, the dead guy shows up again and pulls Al into the wall. Yeah. So now it's truly just Glenn versus this, you know, big demon thing. Yeah. 
and uh, so he ends up getting this this rocket called the Thunderbolt, which is something that he's referenced like four or five times during the movie. Oh, I thought that she got rid of it because Al Al's a good sister. Like she sure. ends she ends up getting becoming a good sister. So uh, he and there's this fight, and you know that he 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 runs away and he throws he throws the jar into this funnel that is coming from the gate, which was actually a really good effect. Mm-hmm. Like the, the smoke funnel looked really good. Yeah. Um, and so it was all, you know, all funneling and all that good stuff. But the, uh, he ends up shooting, shoot, shooting this rocket into the big, you know, into the big baddie. And it, the way it looked, it was kind of like, it looked like, uh, like something sinking in the sand with the way that the rocket just kind of went into his body. Mm-hmm. And then up, up from his throat down to his, you know, nether regions, it, you know, it starts lighting up and then he explodes. Yeah. And that, that effect was pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, like all these effects, surprisingly for a movie that seemed to come across so low budget. Yeah. Um, and the, the time frame that mm-hmm. it was made in, like surprisingly good effects. I mean, yeah. not top notch, but. Yeah. I will say that, that when, when Terry was down in the, uh, down in the gate, the way that the the gate itself was like undulating and moving was really cool. Like it, it felt like a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. That was a really, really cool effect that that they had. Yeah, um, it, was, it was like it was it was when they're trying to pull him out. It was like it was trying to close trying in to close on in on him. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like so. My biggest issues with this movie is that I feel like there are a lot of parts in the plot that um, like. They don't explain, but they're also, like, not easily inferred either. Like, the Thunderbolt. Apparently, like, maybe you picked up on this, and I just never have, like, in the handful of times I've seen this in my life. The Thunderbolt was a rocket that Glenn gave to Al for her birthday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I, I that completely went over my head. But the reason that he uses it, like, I mean, this is coming from the Wikipedia article. The reason he uses it is because he s- thinks that a gift that he gave to Al would be like a symbol of love, light, and purity, and may stop the rise of the old gods. So they lightly mention in one of the readings of the book that like on- only a only an offering of light and purity, but that doesn't come across in the version of or that doesn't come across as the thunderbolt. Yeah. I just thought that he killed the monster and they were just going to glide over it. Yeah, it's like you know, he launches it into this thing. It's like did he genuinely think that was going to work? Right. <laughs> right. Because you know, it makes you think it's not going to at first. Right. Um right because he like he grabs him by the the the, the big baddie, grabs him by the the, the leg and like throws him mm-hmm. and then well once he starts to know that he's gonna like explode he throws him against the wall or whatnot yeah and um it there there's a lot of those like like teeny tiny little details that once are added up don't make the movie better like it <laughs> it's it it's like that's something so small that they could have just fixed mm-hmm. like you can fix a lot of these problems by having a character say a line of like a line of dialogue. Yeah. And it just feels that there was a lot of cutting corners with, with dialogue in, in, in particular. Yeah. But 
so the so the the dog or so the big baddie dies and the the gate ends up getting closed do they do they blow it up or does it just go away after after the big baddie dies i think it just seals up i think yeah. it just seals up so because he, he at the end you know angus you know everybody's back alive alive including angus and angus is out back digging at where the hole was right. and there's like a little a sapling well there's a shoe that was terry's shoe that he lost uh, okay. when he fell down um but now yeah, the yeah there's a sapling there's like yeah. a tree thing yeah um but yeah there's something i've you know it all seemed like it all wrapped up very well like it's a very happy-go-lucky ending one thing that was kind of redeeming about that was that the house is still trashed yeah and they're just like trying to figure out what they're going to tell their parents yeah. when they get home. Think they'll notice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this movie was, it was darker than Monster Quad by probably a magnitude of three. Yeah. It was very dark. Um, but still, but still light enough that I, this one was scarier. Like if, if I was a kid and I watched it, like those minions would probably creep me out. Mm-hmm. Um, because nothing in, in Monster Squad was scary. Uh, but the gate, you know, it it felt there. The, no, nothing happened for half the movie, and yeah. it was I was hard pressed trying to like watch it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so I, you know, the it, it 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 was fine enough, not very exciting in the in the first half, obviously. And then I think obviously it's not a horror film. It's more of a horror film than Monster Squad for sure. But it's a it's a kind of a more of a monster movie, um, and uh, you know I I think I think I'm gonna give it like a like a three point five or a four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean that I I think that's fair, especially if you don't have. I mean, this is another one of those things where it's like it's hard to separate it out from nostalgia because, I mean, you know, going into this, it's like oh yeah, I love the gate, but I also haven't seen it in. 10 years you know right and so when i'm watching it again i'm like this plot is very thin the acting is not good and i'm not enjoying this as much as i remember <laughs> yeah um but i still have that like just the nostalgic connection to it and it's really hard to to separate out what i have you know fond memories of and what i actually feel actually you know, having watched it the most recent time um Oh, one thing that Taylor and I joke about all the time, and I would be remiss not to mention it, uh, is there's one point when um, Glenn goes outside and his parents are standing out there. And you know, he's like, oh, oh, my God, you guys are home. And he goes to hug his dad. And, right. And he's like, totally. I'm so glad you're home. And then his dad's hugging him and he goes, You've been bad, <laughs> and and he, then he starts to melt. Yeah, that was a really cool effect. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, what happens? Something happens. Does Glenn hit him in the face with something? No, no, he no. So it lo- it looks like like his face just turns to liquid, and it starts to melt because he what it was? Be, yeah because he doesn't hit him, but okay. but then. Um, he, so his face tur- like starts to turn to liquid and he's like, his dad is choking him basically. Right. So he goes like this to like push away and then his hands like sink into his face. Right. Okay. Like that was, that was dark for a kid's, a kid's yeah. movie. <laughs> and then his head fell off. Yeah. His head, yeah. Head fell off and, um, 
Yeah. So I I would be oh, and then later on, uh, they're back in the house and the phone rings and Al mm-hmm. picks it up and he's like, "Hello." It's their dad again. It's like you've been bad, and uh, the 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 phone the phone receiver uh, lights on fire, right. and the the wall mounted part like sinks in and like melts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much ridiculous shit in this movie. Anyway, okay. So you said what four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I'll give it a five. I can't justify giving it like a, on the you know the poor end of the scale, mm-hmm. but also I can't go any higher, right? Because honestly, to watch this as an adult, it just doesn't have, hold as much water as it did when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, it it's not a bad movie, and obviously, if you're watching it with with a kid or or, or something like it's it's a fine enough watch. Avalon was kind of dicking around on her phone, so. You know, it didn't hold her attention as much as like oh. I I had to. At least your wife watches them with you, yeah, or pretends to at least. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it 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 was a fun enough movie, but not not enough happened in the first half. Yeah, and that was really slow, really slow. And the thing that drives me nuts about this movie is there are like three different times when you think it's over. Yeah, and it just picks right up again. Anyway. Okay, so uh, that's going to do it, and that's going to wrap up the show, guys. Did you have fun, Max? I had a wonderful time. Did you? I did. It was it was just so fabulous. So fabulous. Fabulous. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And helping out. Yeah. Um, okay, so we are going to be back next week, actually, because that is going to be episode one of October Rama. Um, and God damn it. I can't remember. I think it's week of the vampire. Is that the first one we do? <laughs> There's is another thing I need Taylor around for. Cause he remembers this shit. Uh, give me a sec. As he's doing that, you can, you can always find me at twitter.com backslash wrestle subtitle or just Google wrestling with subtitles and you'll find me. Uh, I'm, I'm everywhere on the interwebs and, uh, we will be, Starting up a new thing here uh, for the Grave Plot podcast called Gaming with Grave Plot. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's gonna be this is gonna be Max's thing. I mean you yeah. might see uh, Taylor and I pop up once from in a while. time to time, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a little bit of fun. We're gonna we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do gaming stuff. Uh, I'm gonna try and do it every two weeks, but it might be once once a month or whatnot. So uh, just just be ready it's going to be videos about about horror video games and reviews and articles and all that good stuff but it's just another facet under the grave plot umbrella so i thank uh tony and taylor for opening that up for me yeah absolutely i mean that's something you know that's that's one aspect of things that's just like neither he or i really have the the in-depth knowledge of so the gumption sure yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so like i said next week's first week of um october rama uh and we're gonna be doing week of the vampire and shit i thought i picked taylor picked all his movies in like may i haven't done mine yet uh i thought i had so uh we're gonna be doing once bitten and then some other vampire movie and it's going to be one of our mini-sodes. You remember, guys, uh, every other week we're going to do one mini-sode where we just do strictly reviews, and then we're going to do a full episode after that, and then back to the mini-sode all the way through October, every week. 
Busy, busy, busy. Very busy. So tune in every Wednesday in October to check out the next Octoberama. Um, and then we'll get back to the regularly, regularly scheduled program in November. Um, so we'll catch up with you next week, guys. Until then, you can check us out at graveplotpodcast.com. Um, and that's going to point you towards all of our stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Gaming with Grave Plot is going to be on there. Yep. Um, and uh, you can check out our shorts and all of our past episodes. And also, if you'd like to contribute like Max does over here to the show um, uh, financially, you can go to patreon.com slash graveplot podcast um, and donate for as little as a dollar um, up all the way up well, pretty much as far as you want, but uh, perks up to twenty dollars. Um, they're not great, but you know, are, are, do you do you feel rewarded? By- <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. See, from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Um. Anyway. Okay. So, until next week, guys. I am Skeletoni, and I am Max Health, and this is the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Sun. We said crazy things like